Welcome to the Treble Podcast. I'm your host, David Gertler. Treble is a business networking platform that helps professionals manage, grow, and most importantly, leverage their network for new business and career opportunities. Our podcast highlights business professionals and their stories. Join us to hear how some amazing people navigated or created their own career path and share business insights with us. Hey, Bill, thanks so much for making time today. Yeah, great to be with you, David. Cool. So I want to talk to you a little bit about your career and your unique journey and your path and some of the decisions and motivations behind it. So tell me a little bit about what you're currently doing. Yeah, I'm a focal point business and executive coach. It's a franchise that I purchased in uh, April of last year, and I'm really excited to use my years of uh, coaching and mentoring others in the workplace in a different venue now, working with C-level executives and business owners. So what got you into that? I mean, that's that's mid-COVID, right? That you said, hey, it's time for a change. Yep. Yep. Well, I, my, my financial situation changed and I was able to explore different options than I had been able to do before. I used to be uh, in a director of corporate financial planning and analysis, and I just decided it was time to um, look at something new and maybe still use the skills and abilities that I developed over a 40-year career in a different way. And so um, I had known this uh, franchise broker for a long time, and he gave a presentation in February of 2021. And and I said, hey, this is something I should look at again, because I've thought a bit of it before, but now I had an opportunity to do it. And I explored three franchises and picked this one. And I think it's a great company with a, a great uh, set of values and that align well with mine. And, and I think it's going to be a great opportunity for me. Awesome. What do you enjoy most about the consulting work that you're currently doing? Well, again, it's not consulting, it's oh, coaching. Sorry. Coaching. A little, little different, yeah. Uh, uh, consultants uh, come in with a and do an analysis and provide a recommendation. Coaches are more like an accountability partner, and so we work with our our clients and and uh, help them remove obstacles to their ideal future. So. Okay, cool. What do you enjoy most about coaching people, and how do you find the right people to coach? Well, uh, I certainly enjoy uh, meeting all different kinds of people and from different backgrounds when overcoming different challenges. And so I think that's what keeps it fresh and new. And um, I find uh, people, uh, my target audience is, is uh, folks that will understand my background, which is strategic planning and financial metrics and developing leadership teams. And so folks that are interested in doing that are more likely to, to pick me up as a coach if they're willing to work with a coach to see results faster than they could see on their own. Cool. So I'm going to take you way back to the beginning, and I'm going to talk about college now. Um, so when you were in college, you were thinking, one day I want to be an executive coach. No, I had no, I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. I never thought I would own my own business. I mean, even if you'd asked me even that uh, two or three years ago, I would have said, no, that's not, that's not me. Um, when I was in college, I was uh, very much into math and science and, and uh, what did you study? Uh, I said chemical engineering in, at Virginia Tech, and um, I uh, my dad was a chemical engineer, but I, it wasn't really why I went into chemical engineering. It was more 
because it was a lot of math and and I had friends that were going to Virginia Tech that were studying electrical engineering and I said okay well I can I can do chemical and I can do uh, I can go with them so I, I, I did that and and I always knew that I didn't want to stay in engineering even from the beginning I wanted to get more into business but I thought well my dad said oh you know putting together a math and science and an engineering degree with a business degree would be a, a great combination for the future so I decided to to uh, keep uh, always have business school in mind when I was even in, uh, an undergraduate. And I, I enjoyed chemical engineering. I mean, I went to work for Procter & Gamble in Ohio, and I worked for the International Division of uh, Procter & Gamble for Latin America, and I helped to develop a detergent for front-loading automatic washing machines for Mexico, Venezuela, and Peru. So it was a good, a good first job, but uh, then the economy in Mexico changed, wiped out our department. And so um, I uh, explored uh, moving into... Um, aerospace and defense. That's where I started with um, a company in Virginia called Brunswick. Uh, used to, they make bowling balls, but they also make, and pool tables, but they also made uh, radomes for military aircraft and, and shelters at the plant that I was at. And so uh, I learned how to live in a small town of uh, two main streets, uh, four police cars, and seven traffic lights. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I got there about 60 years too early. It's a great place to retire, but I don't think it was great for a 20 something. And so um, that's when I went back to business school. Well, nice. Uh, did you went to Wharton for your MBA? Yeah, I got my MBA at Wharton in, uh, in finance and, uh, and had seven opportunities coming out of business school and picked the one in Southern California that had a senior management mentor program. So I had access to senior management and I had uh, nine different assignments in the first two years culminating in the I became the uh, controller for an engineering lab of 260 engineers and I had a staff of 10 people. So it was a great, a great run from uh, for about four years. And then I moved into to program management, got my senior management mentor to get me a two level promotion and move me to um, a different location just in time because they decided to close the location I was at. And so I ended up uh, extending my career by four years at, at Hughes Aircraft Company by uh, accepting the two-level promotion from my uh, senior management mentor and moving into product support. So that, and that was, I did business development and uh, that's where I started to get more into, into the financial analysis and, and business development contracts and, and future new business. Hmm. How much, so, I mean, that's a massive change from a few years earlier, right? We're chemical engineer and, and all that. How much of that would you attribute to having the pedigree of Wharton MBA versus you became passionate about and you learned all these great skills. You know, talk to me a little bit about that transition from, hey, I'm a chemical engineer and I'm doing, you know, various defense types of work. Uh, and now you're in this totally new career. Well, I mean, even going into business school, uh, I knew that I was going to come out and I wasn't going to be an investment banker or a management consultant. I knew I was going to use the skills that I learned in business school to go back to a company and apply them uh, in a um, you know in a in a context where I was using my, both my engineering and my my business skills. So I went because I wanted to learn to understand the profit and loss statement. When I worked at Brunswick, I didn't understand you know why you know we had a starting balance and an ending balance on certain things, and it didn't make sense to me. And so that's where I went back to business school to learn what what a PL was like. And so. Um, yes, it, did the Wharton pedigree help? Uh, I think it did. I think it opened some doors uh, in, in getting some great assignments. Certainly, it helped getting that the, the first job out of uh, out of MBA school, getting the access to senior management mentor because they were looking to um, to build up their their leadership uh, cadre from 
outside and from within. And uh, so uh, it did help to get that that job. I worked with 25 other MBAs from five different schools uh, over a period of five years. And and I learned a lot from them and they learned from me. And and I was the last one to leave the company because I kept getting great assignments. So That's very cool. Um, so then after that, what did you do next? Well, um, after uh, Hughes, uh, I, I, I closed two facilities for Hughes, in uh, one in Irvine and one in in uh, Long Beach, and we moved folks to to Virginia and to Chula Vista, and uh, yes, yeah, so then I had to to find something new. I worked for a small fluid control manufacturer um, as their as the finance department. I did 170 finance reports a month, so it was wow. a big change from a big company environment to a small company environment. But it was really fun to work directly with the senior executives. I worked directly with the president and the vice president of sales and the international controller from Switzerland. He developed a lot of Excel um, macros and things. And so I learned a lot about uh, I, from a world-class Excel expert. And so I became an expert in Excel and, and used that to um, build some of the automated systems that we used there. And then the tragic events of, of uh, September 11, 2001 eliminated half of our company. And my position was eliminated along with um, uh, well, half the company. And um, so then I, I moved on from, from there to um, after a period of a transition to work for Toyota Material Handling and the Forklift Company. I'd always worked in strategic planning, and so I became the uh, National Strategic and Financial Planning Manager, helped to put together the first three-year strategic plan uh, for Toyota Material Handling and the Forklift Company when it was headquartered in Irvine, helped them to achieve number one in their market in the U.S. and North America when it was implemented. So great experience. Uh, got a chance to go to the uh, uh, factory in Indiana, which is not far from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We got a chance to go to the Indy 500 as one of our, our, our trips when I was there. And so that was exciting and enjoyed um, and enjoyed working for, for them and for putting together their, I worked with an outside advertising agency and I hired a consultant. And so it was a fun, uh, fun opportunity, but still a chance to use strategic planning because uh, I, I had done some strategic planning in between my first and second year at MBA school and, and, and then some strategic planning and cultural change things at Hughes. And so strategic planning has always been a, a strong part of my, my background through my working experiences. What are the challenges with being responsible for an organization's strategic plan? Well, I think it's always uh, challenging to work with all of the senior executives, many who have different agendas and different uh, priorities. And uh, we were working with a, you know, a team from Japan because they were uh, also involved in the process. And so um, it was multicultural and um, very challenging to, to incorporate all of those uh, different viewpoints and, and still understand the undercurrent undercurrent of uh, politics and, uh, and some of the other uh, you know, more challenging aspects of putting together the plan. Now, how about um, take a half step back? You mentioned there was a, a brief period after 9-11 and all um, that you were looking for a position. What was what did you learn in terms of you know, networking or finding a new job or, you know, what, what what insights can you share looking back? Well, I, I'm, I'm like the expert in uh, career transitions since I've gone through several transitions in my 
in my career. And I, you know, I've really learned the, the value of uh, networking in terms of, you know, when I, when I first uh, came out of Hughes Aircraft in 1998, I'm like, oh, it'll be, you know, I can send out, you know, six letters and I'll have six job offers and it'll, it'll take me no time at all. And I don't have to do this networking stuff because my was working with uh, Lee Heck Harrison, uh, an outplacement firm at the time. And, and, and she goes, okay, yeah, we'll see if you can do it your way. <laughs> and of course I learned that, that uh, oh, it was not going to be, easy and uh, you know that there was competition and that uh, um, that you know maybe just applying wasn't the best way in to uh, to get uh, an interview and so um, yeah I learned how to to um, you know build rapport with other people and build trust and and help them you know on along my way to uh, to getting uh, you know opportunities uh, presented to me so I, I think the value of, of networking really comes in building relationships and and in helping other people first, if you ask the other people to, uh, if you help them first, they're much more willing to help you in return. And so I think that's that's what I learned, and, and it certainly has benefited me uh, along the way. Um, I've 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 been able to help a number of people through networking and helping them land their their new role. So. Yeah, uh, preaching to the choir on that one. So it didn't come naturally for you. It's something that you had to figure out and master ultimately, right? Absolutely, it was a, it's a skill like any other skill, and it takes practice. And it takes uh, doing it wrong a few times to know, oh, gee, that's not the best way to do it. Or I didn't say that quite the, quite the way I needed to say it. Or I, I didn't approach that the right way. Or I forgot to, to do what I promised that person. So you learn to keep your commitments and, and uh, you know, making the introductions that you promise folks along the way is always important to achieving uh, success and building your reputation as somebody who they people can depend on. So when I go to somebody in my network and I ask for an introduction, they go, oh yeah, you helped me. I can, I'll, I'll be happy to help you. So. Yeah. It's, it's amazing that they don't teach that skill in, you know, in elementary school, middle school, high school, even. Well, I think they're, they're starting to, 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 to do that, at least in, in a number of places. And I know, I think Wharton is, is a place where they, they're seeing the value of, of a networking early. And I think, uh, I think that's uh, becoming um, more prevalent. Of course, I mean, Wharton even uses coaches. If you're in the second year program, you have a, a coach that you have access to. So I think it's a, they're, they're starting to understand the value of, of networking, coaching, and things like that. So as you look at your career, and then, uh, wait, uh, um, we didn't finish, right? You, you, that was in the, we left off, Toyota was what? Uh, Toyota, no, that's not, that, we, we haven't finished. That's, yeah, that's yeah. 2003. So, I mean, okay. I, yeah, I can go on, on from there. I'm yeah, just curious. Yeah, I took. I, I went back to uh, Raytheon for a second tour after uh, a, a number of uh, of uh, interviewing experiences and uh, landed a, a, a role at uh, Raytheon. Uh, Raytheon had taken over Hughes at the end of my first tour, so I had, I'd been with Raytheon before, and I rejoined them after. Uh, and I, I spent eleven years the first time and five and a half years the second time. I came back as the the leader of a of uh, the finance organization in uh, one of their five mission areas or divisions. Um, it was a very large division when I joined. And then three months after I joined, they reorganized and we became one of the smallest uh, startup divisions. Uh, and I, I, I used to have a team of five and, and to do all the deliverables. And then they said, okay, it's like uh, Moses in Egypt. Now you're going to make bricks without straw. We're going to, you have to do all the same deliverables 
but you only get to have two people. And, um, and I go, well, yeah, yes, there's not as many zeros at the end of all my numbers now, but, but I still have to do all those deliverables that you asked me to do. So, um, but anyway, I learned how to, to, to manage people in, uh, and then they said, we're going to move your, your group to Texas. So I had, I had to manage long distance. So I learned, I was doing um, teleconferences and things on, uh, uh, over the phone before, long before Zoom. So um, doing things in, in multiple locations with people in the UK and people in Texas. And so um, it was a, that was a great, uh, great experience. I enjoyed working, coming back. And then, of course, they, 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 they spent a number of years going through uh, transitions and downsizing. And my position was eliminated again at the end of the five and a half year period. But, uh, and then um, uh, it took uh, a little bit of time to, to uh, land a, a position. I ended up uh, at... Uh, um, L3, which was a uh, aerospace and defense company, which was going to be merging with uh, Harris Communications, and so I, I got there three months before the merger, and I stayed on three months after the merger. To, when, when, when we were at L3, uh, 2019. 19. Oh, okay. So just, uh, just before the pandemic, so I was there for in most of 2019, and, uh, and I was the the finance lead for entire the entire division and had uh, business management and financial planning analysis folks reporting to me. And, and we did all the annual operating plan, strategic plan, uh, plus uh, income statement, balance sheet, cash flow statement, and all the monthly um, program finance uh, things were under my responsibility. So oh, nice. uh, great chance to, to work with the senior executives and leaders as I did through much of my career. I was always working with the president or of the division or or the, the division manager or the president of the company. So a lot of, a lot of exposure to senior management and, and some very big companies. Of course, I worked for you know the largest company in the world, General Motors, Ellen Hughes at the time. We had 879,000 employees. So wow. I've worked for the largest company in the world as well as uh, other Fortune 50 and Fortune 500 companies. So. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, so that brings us up to your current coaching. Yes, yes. Um, well, I, I had a small consulting job in between there, but um, I decided that I, uh, I wanted to move into something new and use my, uh, my skills in working with senior executives to help them remove obstacles and solve problems in this new, new uh, coaching uh, paradigm. And, and it's, been a, it's been a great journey. I'm, I'm still learning a lot and uh, still building my practice. So um, looking forward to uh, um, having it's a seven-year commitment, so uh, it's not something I, I, I took on lightly. And and I'm getting to go to my first uh, in-person annual conference that's coming up the first week of April, and and I get a chance to actually meet some of the people that I've only seen on Zoom. So right. See how tall time. they really are, right? That's right. That's right. And then, what's the future hold for you? Uh, so next few years is coaching, and then. Yeah, well, I'm 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 uh, looking forward to uh, you know building a practice and and I, I can do one-on-one -on -one coaching, I can do one-to-many coaching, I can do um, training, I can deliver assessments like DISC and Prioritize Leader and 360 and mm -hmm. and some other things, uh, workshops and and just using all of the the skills along with the intellectual property which I have the right to use from. Uh, uh, purchasing the franchise to uh, um, uh, help uh, other uh, middle market companies in the 10 to $250 million annual uh, range that are manufacturing engineering companies that want to improve or develop a strategic plan. They want to improve financial metrics like 
sales, operating profit, and cash flow, or they want to uh, build or develop their leadership team. I think I have some some things to offer in that regard, and and be looking forward to uh, having some successful. Uh, engagements over the next period of time, and then having something to sell at the end. I mean, the the whole goal of of setting up a, the uh, corporate uh, executive uh, coaching practices to establish relationships with uh, companies that I can then sell to uh, someone else who will carry on the business after I'm ready to retire. Well, that's awesome, Bill. Thank you so much for sharing. It sounds like it's an amazing journey, and I wish you just continued success along the path. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Treble Podcast. If you're inspired by this story, want to network more effectively, and unlock new business and career opportunities, download Treble from the App Store today. You'll need to search for Treble Network, all one word. We're offering an exclusive deal for our podcast listeners to get a free premium membership with the promo code TREBLEPOD. Again, use the code TREBLEPOD to get a free premium membership on Treble today.